gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. Officials at Fort Hood are telling CNN they have an active shooter on base. Was he on any sort of medications? Yes. Robert Scott Bell. Every 19 minutes in this country, someone dies of a prescription drug overdose. I couldn't find one documented case of someone dying of a marijuana overdose. This ultimately is about death. Robert Scott Bell. Bell. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. It's shocking. (laughs) Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. Do we have a crossfade? Can somebody give me a crossfade? Where's the doctor? Well, we have Dr. Batar, but we don't have Dr. Batar's theme song, which is like lovely. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Maybe, maybe Super Don can sing it for us. Yeah. What happened? Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, <laughs> give me the... No, I, okay, we just lost all of our listeners, sorry. Oh, no, no, but you have a good voice. <laughs> Dr. Batar is back, and we're going to get his theme song up and running shortly. But for now, the doctor is, in fact, and it is Advanced Medicine Monday here. And, of course, each and every week we do the Medical Rewind. And if you ever miss an episode, medicalrewind.com, the easiest place to plug into hundreds and hundreds of hours now of great discussion, banter, and irreverence, and great insight from the author of the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. We haven't got a chance to chat about Autism One and the warm reception you got after a decade away, Dr. Batar. Yeah, I think that in the, in the military we would have called that a debriefing, right? Yes, exactly, a debriefing. But it was, it really, I, I was very thrilled to have you there. We got to do a little two-hour presentation at the beginning, and it was like, where have you been, Dr. Batar? Where have you been? And they were just happy to see you. The parents that were there, grateful. Your your family was there. Abby was presenting as well. And, I, you know, listen, overall, I'd have to say it was a tremendous return. And all the people that came up to me were just nothing but grateful that you were able to be there and they could interact with you. It was, it was a very positive uh, reception. And I'm glad it went the way it did. And Abby, that was the first time he's ever been in front of... Uh, I don't know, what is it, about a thousand people there, you guess? Probably so. Yeah, I don't remember how many there were, but that was kind of nice. I think he did, I think he did an outstanding job. I, I personally didn't think it was one of my best presentations, but, you know, I really blew through those slides really fast. But, um, you know, some of the things, like when, when the lady had asked, do you have a boy, do you have a girlfriend? And then that other person asked, you know, what kind of activities are you involved in? And I spoke up, and then he would say it, and then, He's kind of quiet, and then after I finish, he's like, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm kind of active. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, roll off all of these activities your son is. And, of course, for new listeners to the Robert Scott Bell Show, uh, Dr. Batar, you know, motivated by the promise he made uh, to his son, to the creator, about, uh, you know, re- recovering his son after being injured by a vaccine. And uh, you have more than, in my opinion, lived up to that promise. You you were out there on a mission bringing that power to heal back where it belongs with those people, those moms and dads. I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, Robert, when you and I were on stage, I can't believe how fast that two hours went. And yeah. I know when we do the show, it goes by pretty fast. Um, but it was really fast. Because I, I remember the first time I asked for a time check, and they said it's like an hour and a half into it. I, I was shocked. Right, right. 
Well, you know, that, yeah, definitely. That was, that was good. And of course, half the time I was just trying to keep you on track. I was reeling you in. It's like, over here, Dr. Pitar. No, over here. Right here. Yeah, right there. Go. And that is a challenge. Is there <laughs> so, a doctor in the house? Hey, hey, doctor. Hey. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, <laughs> not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh, now it's official. Now Mulligan. It's Mulligan. Official. Mulligan. Uh, Don, the whole listenership now knows that my ego is so fragile that that has to be played now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, we hey. have got this. We've got to start it off the right way. So we yeah. just we we did what we had to do. So, so let me let me just make sure that all the listenership knows that this really wasn't for me. This is because Super Don is obsessive compulsive and had to play it. <laughs> That's right. It has to be done right. Is there is there a remedy for that? Am I listening no, to the right? I think you just got to play it. That's that's it. You just got to play All it. Right. Exactly. There you go. And, 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 you know, honestly, it fires me up, too. I know mean, we talk about it. I just love it because it sets the stage for what we get to do together. Again, Autism One was great. They actually have put a lot of the videos uh, or the, the lecture presentations up online as well. And you had the parents' workshop. And, Dr. Batari, I was being meaning to ask you about how I talked to some of the parents that were so grateful, but they also said, it felt a little bit like tough love, too. I mean, you weren't holding back on, on the parents and what you've learned and what you've helped others to see and experience and be successful with in uh, raising these kids and helping to bring them back from the brink. You know, it's a very, very accurate way of putting it because I was tough on them. And, and I think I even, you know, made the comment that, you know, do I, I mean, some of these people, most of these people I've never met before, but, you know, do I love you enough to slap you and wake you up so you see what's going on, or it's a lot easier for me to just shake my head and say yes and just not address the issue and go on because I never have to deal with them again and I'm never going to see them, or uh, am I going to do the harder thing and do what's, like you said, it's, it, it is tough love, and I think that most of the people got it. I think there, there were probably a couple, I mean, during the workshop, there were, there were tears that were shed, Yes. And uh, I would say that probably 95%, uh, you know, really, really got it. I mean, I got to the point where we were talking about, you know, the energetics of the parents and how it affects them. We talked a lot about belief. And we got to the point, Robert, that there, was, there were at least three questions that were asked where I would just stop and address the audience and say, okay, does anybody see what's going on here? And then I wouldn't answer the question and move on to the next one because of the nature of the question itself. Mm-hmm. was so disempowering, and by me answering the question would be facilitating um, their enslavement, if you will, or their dependency. Right. And and I wanted them to realize, and there was a father that stood up in the, I think I was going across the, the room in, you know, like one side going all the way down and on the other side coming up. And this father, uh, Hispanic descent, stands up and asks his question, and, well, actually, he didn't have a question. He just wanted to have a statement, but he stands up. And I stopped him before he even starts speaking. I said, now, did everybody see that? I said, did you see it? And people everywhere just looking around, and, and they nodded their head. And, and finally somebody said, yeah, he's extremely uh, adamant. He stood up. And I said, that's right. He stood up. He faced me. He's like, in your face. He's not going to take no for an answer. 
And then I said, okay, well, you know, what's your question? And his question wasn't, he said, I don't have a question. I just want to tell you, I appreciate you being here. I've got an appointment scheduled at your office. I'm going to see you in two weeks. <laughs> that, oh, cool. You know, so, I mean, yes. the, the point was that energetically you could tell he, he was in a different place. He wasn't going to be a victim. And a lot of these people, their mm-hmm. mentality was, unfortunately, they've been a victim, they've been made into a victim, but yes. they almost believe that they're victims. And so you have to break that cycle and right. take control. Dude, uh, you are speaking music to my ears and, and Super Don's ears as well, because uh, uh, on uh, Sunday we were prepping for the broadcast yesterday, and I caught uh, Super Don before he had his morning coffee, and he was just, he was letting that victim mentality have it. And we, we will remain, we will leave the people unnamed that we were discussing, but some folks out there are in the woe is me, how poor I am. You know, in, in the meantime, they're subjecting their children because they think they have to, to brutal medical invasive procedures. And we talked about this, I think, a week or so ago on the air, about this, that at a certain point, you have to stand up. You can no longer be the victim because you're being victimized because you are playing the victim. That's exactly right, because it, to be a victim, you must play the role itself, and that's exactly right. And the sad thing is that in this particular situation, they have to be the, the, the representatives of their own children. And if they're too busy being victims, then how can they uh, enforce the rights and... and and uphold the rights and mm-hmm. and the freedoms that are necessary for them to be able to fight for the children. They can't do that. You can't be a victim and still fight for your child. Yeah, I mean it's and it's hard when those folks are in that mentality because they'll they'll come up to all the reasons why they can't do it exactly. and why they can't stand up to the bully. And and exactly. listen, they're 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 all legitimate from the victim state of consciousness. Well, Robert, this is what I said. I said, thank you for the reason, but I really don't care what the reason is. Any excuse will do. You don't have to come up with a great excuse. Any excuse will do. It's irrelevant whatever the excuse is. And I honestly would not acknowledge people that were talking like that. I would. I, I got, to, I mean, probably three hours into it, I right. didn't even acknowledge them. I told them. I told up front. I told everybody up front. If you come and ask me a question from that mentality, I'm not even going to address it. Because I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to fuel it. I'm not going to... Uh, facilitate that mentality. And people, you know, were getting it. I think some of them didn't really like it, but you know what? Yeah, I was just thinking, Dr. Batar, I mean, part of me would say, all right, well, that doesn't seem very nice or compassionate, or how how would you describe in terms of, obviously a healer must be on some level compassionate, but you also don't want to enable certain behaviors that you know are destructive. Yeah, and it's, it's not about being compassionate or not. I, you know... It, when, when you're in a situation like that, Robert, the last thing that somebody needs is compassion. What they need is advice and actionable steps. It's not the compassion or the pity. Because uh, I don't, I, I had this parent say this to me there at the, at the workshop. They said, well, it was different for you, Dr. Batar. And I said, excuse me? And she says, you didn't have to go through what I'm going through. Okay. Right? And I stopped and I looked around. And you could tell people are going, oh, man, did she really say that? Yeah. And I asked the question, and I, you know, I hope it didn't sound the wrong way. I said, when I was going through this, I didn't have a me to guide me. I didn't wow. have someone that yeah. had gone through it. Right. I was going around finding everybody I could, all the so-called experts, many of whom were at that conference. And I said, what I learned, unfortunately was that they were all full of opinions, and they did, it was all theory. It was all 
bullshit. It was all, can I say that? I'm sorry if I... No, you can't. Bleep it. (laughs) So, I mean, so many people that say so many things, and they're just regurgitating whatever garbage that they've heard or whatever they think, Mm -hmm. or they've seen one case, and so they think that that's the case. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of misinformation... Right. That, that is propagated. I want to go to the, the heart of that statement. There wasn't a me to guide me the way there is today. That's a fascinating statement. I think I understand the spirit of it, but I think it'll help folks out there to navigate their way out of whatever danger they're in caused by, largely, the medical establishment. We'll be right back on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Batar. Cranking it up, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rachid Batar. I hope you will join us all in uh, the Southern Appalachian Mountains, July 18th through the 20th at the Healing Revolution Summit. Dr. Batar will be there. We'll have our families there, and Ty Bollinger will be there, and more, Healing the Healers as well. It's going to be a great time. We look forward to hanging out, get the families again, maybe get some downtime, do a little water rafting. There's cool stuff in Asheville, Dr. Batar. You've been there before. Yeah, many times. Awesome. Now, you made a statement last segment, which uh, I um, really want to go back and revisit. I didn't have a me to guide me the way I could today. And it was in response to someone who said, Dr. Batar, you haven't gone through what I'm going through, right? One of those, and it's a victim state mentality. I can say that I understand the sentiment and the feeling behind it. And, and, you know, my, if if I could say my heart hurts a little bit because you watch someone suffering, I I feel it. But at the same time, we don't want to condone it, enable it. We want to bring people out of it. And when you said what you said, this is how I perceive it, that I didn't have someone like me, right? And it could have been anybody that knew or that knows what you know today to bring your child, Abby, out of the vaccine-injured state into you know the autism spectrum and so you had to dig you had to find it you had to research despite the fact that no one else seemed to know what was going on or what they thought they knew was wrong and now people have the opportunity not only to listen to you but many other physicians that have you know begun to understand really the disaster that is this vaccine program and the damage environmentally that it's happening whether it's through a syringe or other sources mercury in particular and what you're saying is like I, I could have stood there and sat there as a victim and said, why me, oh Lord, somebody please help, somebody please help, and not done a thing, or get off my aspirin and do it myself. And I don't know that you were asking this woman to do it herself, but she has options, rather than to sit there and say, oh, well, I, I you didn't go through what I'm going through, right? Which really locks you into a position of, of immobility. Yeah, actually, that that's very close, Robert, because when she made that comment, the difference was that, I was before her telling her definitively, without any hesitation, in her face, telling her what the answer was. You've got to get rid of the mercury. And when I made that comment, I didn't have anybody to tell me with that same certainty, with that same evidence of proof. With, I didn't have that, and, and nobody right. had that. And it's not, I'm not saying that I'm anything special, and that's, I hope it doesn't come across arrogant. I just meant that I wish I had had that, because Correct. if I had somebody that was standing there and saying, Listen, this is the answer. Go do this. Because nobody was willing to put themselves out there because nobody had collected the information. Nobody really knew because they all had different opinions. And that's what I meant. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to say that I have all the answers, but I can tell you that the one answer that every parent with a child that has autism or is on the autism spectrum delay needs to understand is that I don't care what you do until you get that mercury out of the pro- mm-hmm. out of the body. 
and I don't care yes. how you do it, until you get that mercury out, you are not going to have a chance to recover your child. End of story. It, yeah. is, it is not a theory. It is not possibility. It's not, uh, it is nothing unequivocal about it. It is definitive. It is as certain as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and the sky is blue and the water is blue. That, I mean, it is that certain. There's, you know, Dr. Dr. Batar, then you and I are having this conversation right now. Right. You know, when I talked to a lot of doctors there, you know, the, and we talked about it, there were many different pathways to help recovery, to assist children, uh, even the CBD. But I made sure that when I was talking to the doctors about whatever method they ascribed to or utilized, that they understood exactly that point. And at least in my experience there, the docs, and I didn't talk to every one of them, but they they nodded and said, I agree, or we agree. Even though they might be there talking about something along the lines, that to me that these are side issues that are important, but it's just that, that fundamental starting point of removing the fuel to the fire, that mercury, has got to be removed, and that's, that's the message. Did you receive any violent opposition to that this year? No, I, I think that people are like, they're afraid of uh, even... Her <laughs> argument. No, nobody's willing to actually take a stand. I think that because of my conviction, and again, you know, Robert, you know that I've got eight and a half million data points that we've collected, and that's right. up, you know, up to last summer. So I think that nobody, nobody even has a fraction. They don't even have you know ten percent. They don't even have one percent of that information. So they're not willing to go out there and say anything. Plus, we've got so many kids that have recovered. I mean, you've got right. you know. We're we're approaching almost two thousand in my clinic alone in the last you know fifteen years. Well, and so not including all the others that you've trained the docs that are doing it as well. So it's many thousands at this point, and that's great news. Also, uh, we got to connect you with Dr. Brian Hooker, which I was thrilled to do. And I, uh, and we're about up on a break, but I do want to talk about uh, how you perceived what Dr. Hooker was able to reveal and how that fits into this picture. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Bob, hang in there. We'll try to get to your call in the next segment. Eight six six nine three nine Bell. Uh, robertscottbell.com, medicalrewind.com for all of the archives and upcoming events we'll be letting you know about. So check it out. Tell your friends to get the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, and also that other one called Unlock the Power to Heal. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Batar after this. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day! Robert Scott Bell. Bell. Well, if you missed it, uh, you can still order the DVDs from The Truth About Cancer. TheTruthAboutCancer.com. Ty Bollinger put that together, and uh, Dr. Batar. He, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, and unfortunately, we get together with Dr. Batar each week here and do some advanced medicine. But it, to answer the questions that he did about cancer specifically was awesome. And I encourage you to go plug, plug into that as well. Uh, Dr. Batar, we ju- we're talking to Bob off the air. We're going to bring him up in just a moment. But you want to talk about a cascade of, of medical invasions in, in, in the case of, of Bob and his wife, it's like this is the kind of stuff that goes on, and, and, and few in the medical establishment are set up to look at the true origin or cause, like we talked about with autism as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, once you get into that, once you slip down that rabbit hole, it, 
it's uh, a very, very frustrating and almost inevitable cascade of events that, you know, you, you can't, it's like going down a slide. You can't stop till you get to the bottom. Right. I, I know. And it's like, well, you want to survive that, that, that trip to the bottom all the way to be able to go back up again. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like we just covered a story last hour how they're just now concluding that maybe removing statins in the last year of somebody who is terminally ill, it, it, it won't harm them. In fact, they'll live longer. I mean, it's like, do you really want to wait to them to figure it out? And and so Bob's a good guy. I've met him before, and he's calling in, and he said uh, he was joking that Ty had recommended him uh, to go to you, perhaps. And, and of course, uh, he was asking a question off the air, and we're going to see if we can get to that question right now. Uh, Bob, uh, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. I appreciate you calling in. Were you able to hone down? Because we, we, it's just so tremendous what you've been going through with your wife. Is there anything that Dr. Batar might be able to help you with? Uh, yeah, well, one of my questions would be, um, I did find a functional medicine doctor in the area, and I'm working to try to get my wife in to see her right now. Uh, I, I, I talked to the uh, kidney specialist because she has a decreased kidney function, uh, and one of the comments that the um, a functional medicine doctor made, well, you know, if we're going to do detoxification, that might be problematic with decreased kidney function. Um, so... How do we well, get the kidneys to function that, 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 better again? Bob, that's the question there because you're right. And we've covered this on the air, Dr. Batar, the fear of docs to say, oh, if your kidneys aren't working, let's not, let's not detoxify. It's like, is that's going to help, really? Yeah, yeah and it's the question. You know, Go ahead, Dr. Batar. Doctors, I was just going to say this. Like, that's a question that's uh, the way it, it's answered by the conventional peers uh, is – completely and utterly answered from a basis of ignorance and lack of understanding how, uh, one, physiology works, which is something that, you know, all doctors should know, and we only have one class in physiology, and yet we get tons and tons and tons of classes in pharmacology, but really how the body works, which is physiology, is really spent much time. Uh, so that's, that's one problem with our educational system, but also it's steeped in the lack of understanding of how these processes of detoxification work. So to say that, well, uh, because we have impaired kidney function, we really uh, may have a problem with doing some type of detoxification therapy is like saying, well, you know, we haven't changed the oil in this engine for so long. So to change the oil is going to be a problem because there's a risk by changing the oil. You know, here's how it works, and and specifically when you're dealing with the renal function, and there's various things that you've got to deal with. You know, first, when you're talking about detoxification, there's... Uh, in my philosophy, at least uh, in the way I treat patients, there's a seven toxicities. Uh, you can go to factsontoxicity.com. It's free. Watch the videos. Yeah, they explain it. It's a, right. Or, or it's covered in the book, too. But basically, when you're talking about too. renal function. <laughs> I'm sorry? He's got your I'm book, sorry. too. No, said, oh. I have the book, too. <laughs> okay. So on the, in, the to, in the book and on the website, you know that the first toxicity we deal with is heavy metal. second one is a persistent organic pollutants. When you're dealing with renal function, you're usually dealing with those first two. Now, right. what happens is that the, the vacuoles within the renal parenchyma, the, the, the part, the, the filtration apparatus, the glomerular filtration apparatus within the kidneys that is responsible for taking the blood and filtering out what's pollution and what's uh, sediment and what's excretion and to separate that from the blood so the blood can continue going, meaning the part that actually filters the blood and cleans it, that portion is more susceptible 
to toxicity than any other area of the body because it's the filtering mechanism. It's one of the big, right. biggest filtering mechanisms in the body. So the renal parenchyma will actually have a greater deposition of metals, and on biopsies and studies that have been done, you find the renal parenchyma having a higher concentration of heavy metals compared to the rest of the system. Now when you yep. send in the chelator, what ends up happening is initially... In most people, it's not a big issue, but in some people, you will actually see an increase in BUN and creatinine, which is indication that the kidneys are having to work harder. The higher the kidney function, the more difficult the, the difficulty the kidneys are experiencing, and so that's basically how we evaluate whether a person's going into uh, into renal difficulties if they're going into renal failure. If your BUN and creatinine starts going up high, 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 uh, then that's a problem. So you will, if you plot these patients, BU and creatinine, and I mean, I've had some really, really sick patients, people that are actually in uh, early renal failure, meaning their kidney functions are already out of the normal. And we will actually start this process, and you will see their BU and creatinine first initially increase because there's more load on the kidneys, but then that initial treatment is actually cleaning out those vacuoles. And as it cleans out those vacuoles and pushes, pushes that low-lying fruit out, you then see the BU and creatinine dip back down, and the kidney function actually starts to get better. It's, it's actually right. better than the baseline. So you see, if you yeah. graph it, you see a bump up, and you see it start coming down, and then the kidney function continues down, down, down. And I've had people with end-stage renal disease. I've had people that were on dialysis once or twice a week go down to not needing dialysis or, you know, if they were getting dialysis three times a week, they were down to once a week or people that were on once a week were able to actually go only once every other week or once every two weeks, which or once every three weeks, which isn't the norm, because when you start dialysis, you have to do it three times a week minimum. And so then we were dealing with the political aspect of fighting with the dialysis units because the patient didn't need as much dialysis, but they were already in the process. And there's no such thing as improved renal function. Once you're in early renal failure, there's only one way. They don't recognize the fact that you can actually reverse that. And, and a lot of chelation doctors, doctors that do chelation, won't touch a patient with renal disease because mm-hmm. they're afraid from the liability aspect. So, but we do that all the time. And we have... I mean, case after case after case, document of people with early onset renal disease or early renal failure to go back into normal renal function. It's, it, it's done all the time. We do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, does that help out? I mean, the, the, the key here is, Bob, is finding a functional medicine doc that actually understands what Dr. Batar just said. Otherwise, you'll go to them and they may be capable of doing it, but will they be willing to do it? Right. Right. Yeah, because her kidneys are spilling six thousand milligrams of protein a day yeah but there's there's per, spilling protein is a different component than than renal failure so when when you're spilling protein that is one part but you know what what is the source or what is the cause of the renal failure and so right. i mean if it's an autoimmune aspect or it's a toxicity aspect you know there's, there's again i don't know her history so i'm no. just telling you that these are the types of things that need to be looked at and if you go sure. to a functional medicine doctor, you know, they'll be able to start looking at this. Uh, as long as they can do IV treatments, too, you should be fine. Yes, and they do. And, and so one of the things, Linda has a 30-year history of using glue-on nails. Uh, and the glue has benzene in it, and benzene is specifically toxic to the kidneys. Uh, that, that definitely will contribute yeah. to the problems. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bob, listen, I appreciate you calling in. we got to move on, but it's excellent that you sure. were able to connect with Dr. Batar, and I hope you're able to do so off the air as well for your wife's sake and yours. We appreciate you being out there listening and reading the book and uh, plugging in because you're very aware of this, and it's got to be uh, a little bit frustrating. It might be an understatement in trying to deal with the medical professionals that won't do what is really required in this case to, to recover you. So, uh, Dr. Batar, again, we need more 
We need more, not less docs that are plugged into this because the severity of toxicity caused by medicine uh, is such that I don't know, maybe 10 years from now, will we have enough docs that know how to do this? You know, I think there's more and more doctors that are themselves finding the truth and realizing the truth and discovering their own path and realizing that this is the only way to practice. Um, nowadays, from what I understand, almost all medical schools have a uh, integrative medicine lecture. I've had medical students rotate through my office. I've uh, even had some residents that have contacted us over the years that they wanted to, you know, do an elective rotation through through our office. Nice. And uh, so I think I think it's happening. The movement's occurring, and sure. you know, you just have to look at what what's happening right now on the global scale and. You know, the, the, there's a really, really good way to answer this, Robert. I actually gave a lecture at the uh, uh, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Medical School, and the the lecture was for fourth year medical students, and this was about this was over a decade ago. And after I gave the lecture, you know, there's a lot of students that came up and had a lot of questions. They we actually had some interns and some residents that had actually come in, even though it was a it was a didactic lecture. You know, fourth year fourth year medical students are already in clinical rotations, so there were some people that were interested. Their interns and residents that also came to the lecture. But at the conclusion of the lecture, the person who was the head of the integrative medical program uh, at the at North Carolina at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. He asked me a very pointed question. He said, the question that I have for you is, are you able to support yourself, you know, in your vocation doing this mm-hmm. type of medicine? Right. And I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean? And he said, you know, are you able to earn a living doing this? And I, you know, was looking at him and I said, yes, I, you know, I, I am. I mean, I was full-time ER before that, but I started my clinic doing ER medicine four days a week. Four nights a week, I was working the ER four days a week, I was working the clinic. But by 1999, I was so busy in the clinic, there was no way that I could do the ER, and that was my last shift. And he says, he cut me off, and he said, okay, that's the key. He said, if you can earn a living doing something, that is the litmus test to know that it is something that is uh, that is true and that is sustainable, if you can earn a living doing something. And, you know, I look at this now. I have patients from 82 countries, and I- I'm-, I'm proud of that fact. I- I don't- we don't market in 82 countries. Now, of course, when we started doing the radio show, I'm sure that probably helped. But, you know, even when the book came out, which is we started doing the radio show after that, we already had patients from 40-some countries at that point. But the point that is that people find the truth, and it's universal. There are people that are finding the truth all over, and there are doctors everywhere that are starting to see the light. There are doctors that have been seeing the light for years, and but there are new doctors that are coming along that are seeing the light. And so there's no a shortage now that if a person wants the right answer that they can't fight to find the right answer. Beautiful. Well, the right answer is right here with Dr. Bittar and Advanced Medicine. Monday's here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. The book he's referring to, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, international bestseller, also Facts on Toxicity. All of those things are linked up in the show notes. Bob, thank you again for calling. God bless you and your wife. Get well. Uh, We'll take a call from a longtime listener, a dear heart, and uh, she has a question about her brother-in-law after the break. And we've got uh, that one segment left. Stick around. Remember, plan your family road trip, fly in, whatever you got to do. We look forward to seeing you in the Appalachian Mountains. 
The 18th through the 20th of July in Asheville, the Healing Revolution Summit, including Healing the Healers. Dr. Batar will be featured there, along with our good buddy Ty. I'll be there, other health care providers. And uh, listen, people like you listening to the show, come on down. We'd love to meet you. be a great, great time in the Southern Appalachian Mountains. Uh, Dr. Batar, man, great insight into helping Bob and his, his wife on that. I mean, I really i am glad. We've talked about the kidney stuff before, but some of the things you mentioned you didn't mention in that way about recovering, you know, post-renal failure, even those that were on dialysis to some degree, either reducing dialysis or eliminating it. I mean, that is such stunning information. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is that the body's ability to regenerate um, – You've heard me say this, Robert, before we've talked about it off the air, on the air. You know, we just have to get the crap out of the way and then let the body regenerate, Heal give itself, it an opportunity yeah. to regenerate. Exactly, because, you know, I think I've heard this, uh, this phrase somewhere before, the power to heal is yours. Well, so, yeah, it, I know something. It, yeah, someone <laughs> said, one said that. But, you know, it's not just a figure of speech. It's not just a metaphysical, you know, foo-foo. That truly, the power to heal, I mean, it's programmed within us. I mean, the innate intelligence, the ultimate engineer created a self-healing system. The physiology, and I'm not, I don't mean just humans, I mean the physiology of any living being, whether it's mm-hmm. a tree or it's a plant, it's a dog, a horse, or whatever it is, right. it has the ability to regenerate. And, and we yeah. are just learning some of those components ourselves. So we just have to get the muck out of the way, and then we have to give the body what it needs. And there is no disease, I believe, in fact, all the monotheistic religions believe this, there's no disease that's on this planet without a solution that the Creator put here. Right, right. Of course, man is trying to muck it up bad, but we want to we want to reverse that. And we've got right now someone who's done a lot of good. She's got a lot of vitamin L. We know her personally. I do, anyway. Uh, Shirazad from California is calling in. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. You're on with Dr. Batar. Well, hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank That's you. Great. Thank you, great to hear from you. Hi, Dr. Batar. Hi, how are you? I understand, Shirazad, you want to help your brother-in-law? Is it a severe salmonella infection, or is there something more you suspect? Well, of course, we suspect something else. Uh, we are helping him with the salmonella bacteria. He was uh, diagnosed last week with that. Uh, two two long months of pain, horrible pain on his left. Every time he will eat, he will have pain. And and he thought it was just an ulcer. The doctor said, oh, you should have an ulcer because he, likes, he used to like wine every day. He will have his wine. So after after a long time, he he decided to do the, the test for bacteria and came out positive for that. So he was on antibiotics for six days, like a double antibiotic type that it was hurting his stomach so bad, making him so pale. So right now he we we like let's say on Thursday we put him on. I told him to start this. The, uh, the silver to be very, 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 very faithful to the silver, and also we gave him on C- put him on CBD for pain. Right yeah. now he's getting a little bit better, but he still has some pain. All right, well, Doctor so Batar, we what kind of questions? Obviously, we don't. He's not your patient or mine, but uh, were there obvious questions that come to mind for you? Um, no, I think that the the big thing is that is an infectious process. It appears. And you have to look at underlying issues. So that's the third toxicity, an opportunistic. Well, the third toxicity is never an issue unless there's a susceptibility from the first and mm-hmm. second toxicity and some of the other aspects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just treating the salmonella or treating yeast or treating spirochetes or treating mycoplasma or treating bacteria or viruses or whatever 
is never sufficient. You need to look at the underlying ideological component that's contributing to the suppression of the immune system that allows for these things to set up. And, you know, yeah, he could have had a bad um, batch of something that he ate that caused the, the salmonella, but, you know, you've you got to look at other aspects because there's, generally speaking, always something else that you and Dr. Batar, if he's doing wine every night, could he have congested his liver? Well, you know, I mean, wine every night is... You have to remember, some people say, well, the resveratrol content is beneficial and you should have a glass of red wine. Well, you know, there's other ways of getting resveratrol without drinking a glass of red wine every night. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you, we know that mm-hmm. the first pass of the liver, uh, when the alcohol goes through it, then creates, uh, converts uh, the alcohol into formaldehyde, which is a preservative right. and which is an embalming could, fluid. So, And that could so, compound the other toxicities. Well, yep. Sherazad, I appreciate you calling. Bye. We'll follow up off Bye. the air. Dr. Oh, Batar. Yeah. We, we love you and appreciate you. You know that. And uh, our listeners do as well. We look forward to next week already and seeing you in Asheville, North Carolina in uh, July. What do we got left to say? Power to heal is yours. Thanks, Dr. Batar. We'll be back tomorrow. It really, really is. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.